I think that really for me, what an intervention is when all else has failed and they don't hear your voice and they, the worst thing about addiction, and I think mental illness, is that you don't know how bad you are. The denial part of it is what keeps so many people from getting well and I'll quit tomorrow. I'll quit Monday. I won't drink till Thursday. Whatever you promise, you can't keep. And so I think an intervention is helping a family. I don't intervene on people. The family does. But I teach them. Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests will share valuable insight into underlying health causes, conditions, and issues. These in-depth yet approachable episodes are a great resource for both private individuals and industry professionals. Our esteemed host, Dr. James Flowers, is one of the most recognized and respected names in the field of chronic pain, mental health, and substance use disorders, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Flowers is the founder of J. Flowers Health Institute, located in Houston, Texas. For more information about J. Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655. And be sure to mention this podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Understanding the Human Condition. I'm your host, Dr. James Flowers. And today we're going to talk about, what is it, Shay? Part three of a three-part series with Candy Finnegan, Jeannie Griffin, and Tonda Chapman, who were here recently. Right. And so today, what we're talking about is an actual intervention. And you're having to do an intervention on someone. And it's kind of loosely based around Candy's book called When Enough is Enough. That's right. And families getting to that point. So sit back and enjoy. Candy, give us a piece of wisdom about interventions and for families who are considering an intervention. What should a family think about, look at? That they've done all they can. You know, I have, I wrote a book called When Enough is Enough. And the reason it's called that is because everybody has to hit that level. And it's devastating for a family to have a mentally ill or an addictive kid or a wife. Or I think husband and wives are kind of different because they're kind of used to that pattern. And as you were telling that story, I was laughing because when I got sober, my son said to me, you maybe you should have a drink because the you know, they got to school on time. I wasn't at home coloring with them yeah. and a few other things. So I think that really for me, what an intervention is when all else has failed and they don't hear your voice and they, the worst thing about addiction, and I think mental illness, is that you don't know how bad you are. The denial part of it is what keeps so many people from getting well. And I'll quit tomorrow. I'll quit Monday. I won't drink till Thursday. Whatever you promise, you can't keep. And so I think an intervention is helping a family. I don't intervene on people. The family does. But I teach them what they will hear, what the consequences are if they don't get into recovery. And I teach them to keep boundaries. I try to get them to go down and on, which is like asking somebody to walk across the freeway, I guess. It's like, To me, an intervention is a family process of teaching them how they can intervene on the person they love. It's nobody's job to love somebody to death in an addiction world. Certainly, there's situations that that happen, but 
there is no such thing to me as an accidental overdose. Something could have been done. And so my interventions are teaching a family how to intervene. There's a circle. I don't sit in the circle. That isn't my circle. That's their circle. And I, of course, get to reprimand people. and Oh, that was nasty stuff or something like that. But it's not my job. I don't know this person. When they walk in the room, they have no idea that a stranger in the room is. Usually it's them. Jeannie, tell us the funniest thing that's ever happened to you in, during a family <laughs> program. Oh, well, I don't know why this came. I saw this kid. When we first start, the staff comes in, introduces all of themselves and everything, and we keep the clients out. And I said, I want 10 minutes with the families. So I'll say, what's your worst fear? And eventually somebody finally says death. I said, yeah, because that's where this is headed. And then I'll say, now, don't take the bait. When your client comes in here, they're going to say things like, well, I'm only here for mental health, not here for substance. Yeah, okay, whatever. And don't take the bait. I know you've taught them manners, so I don't care how awful they behave or how sweet and goody two-shoes they look. I'm not buying it. I've been doing this too long. So the families are all sitting there like, oh, dear. You know? <laughs> and I'll say, and don't worry about the cussing, because that was my first drug of choice as a child. Just cuss, cuss, cuss. And when I didn't get struck by lightning, I thought, okay. You know, I could do this. So I've had clients sit in the back, wear their caps, and say, F you. And the parents all get all stiff, you know. And I think, don't worry about it. Let me handle it. You don't worry about it. And sure enough, as soon as I finish that, some one of the clients will come in. Uh And here we have one of them who's been a holy terror, Uh but is now Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. And then one is just flipping me off and everything it won't do anything and the parents are just dying and i just say let me handle it don't worry about that and then finally you know the one father of the guy who did that comes in finally said that's it i'm not giving you your car you can't have a phone and i and then invariably when i go back to the center this monthly the guys that were telling me f you will come find me and see me and i said you're still alive. I don't believe it. Yeah, I'm alive. And then he says, I'm working. I said, oh, my God, you're being self-supporting through your own contributions. You are actually working. He says, yes. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I work for a vet. And he said, I express anal glands. (laughs) And I hope I'm the one here on this program cussing a lot. I said, oh, so today you're getting rid of shit. And last year you were full of shit. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> he died laughing. So, so and then this one came up to me recently. He said, are you here? And he said, yeah, but I'm having trouble with my parents. You think you could help? I said, sure. What's going on? I said, you still have the flip phone they got you, right? <laughs> she said, I've got to have an iPhone. I said, no, you don't. <laughs> flip phone is just fine. You'll be just fine. Be... And so now Samsung is is just, advertising a flip phone. Flown. Exactly. I know. So I love it. And see the laughter. Oh, my gosh, the yeah. laughter. So important. When I first got into recovery and I looked for people like this, there's, I was so grim and so serious. And I tell people, we don't have a hot and cold faucet for feelings, good feelings and the bad feelings. So when we want to try to get rid of the bad feelings, we just turn off that one faucet. And when we do that, we're leaving out all the joy. 
And when you begin to finally walk through this stuff you're so frightened of or embarrassed about, ashamed, you recover the joy and laughter. Now, you know, we just laugh. And when a woman asked me to go, said, come on over to the other room for substances. We have so much more fun. And I thought, you do. I look in that room and y'all are laughing. Somebody say, yo, got out of jail. And I walked across the street, got hit by a car. And everybody goes, ha, ha, ha. And I'm going, what is the matter with you people? And then over here in the other room, they're all very, you know, P's and Q's and whatnot. And I think, yeah, I belong over here. And it's the laughter. The laughter. We can laugh about things that you can't even write this stuff. Exactly. You can't write this stuff. They'd say, no, nobody's going to believe that. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. Tonda, I know you have a healthcare MBA and you can talk about leadership all day long, but from your heart, what do you believe about leadership? You've built an amazing program that you and I founded along with Michael several years ago, but you were always the leader. And tell me how you lead with your heart. Well, I've really studied a lot of leadership styles, and servant leadership is my style. I love to join people. I look at their and what they're trying to reach. And I try to empower them, join them in the path, make sure they have the resources they need to grow, and just really joining in the process. And servant leadership goes back to the spiritual person that I am. And I think servant leadership is, it's just, it, it rises above. I've read a lot of books on leadership, leading at a higher level, be planted, and, but servant leadership tops it off. My mom calls me the Pied Piper when I walk through a baseball park. All these kids are hanging on me. Come in. She's like, you know those kids? I said, no. They just know me. They come to me. They are attracted. I said, yeah. yeah, they know I love kids. They know. And I think leadership is that way. When people know you care, they don't care what you know. That's so they it. know that you care. And that's kind of, that's just who I am. Got that from my grandmother. My grand was my mentor. She loved all people. And gave me a servant leadership heart. Mm -hmm. So, believe. Dr. Flowers, oh. why are you still in this business? What <laughs> makes you Did care? Did someone just turn the table? That's it. What <laughs> makes you care so much? Because I know, because I've known you since, you know, early 90s, but you've never not kept progressing, whether it was treatment centers, one of the finest clinicians when it comes to pain management that... I now do pain management interventions, which are very rarely done because of you. But why have you kept believing in this? Oh, wow. She just did turn the tables on me, didn't you? Yeah. Is my face red? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we have known each other for a long time. We've worked together. I've even assisted in some of your interventions over the years. And, you know, gosh, I can't believe I've been doing this over 30 years now. That is insane. Mm. We are <laughs> yeah. old. We are. We all are. And, you know, mine comes from my passion of my childhood. I'm from South Texas. I grew up in a rural community. And my father was a workaholic, alcoholic, cheater, cheated on my mom, beat my mom. My mom was an alcoholic, valumatic, traumatized woman who got married when she was 16 years old, mm. left McAllen, moved to, to Alice, Texas, had two twin boys that died at birth. And it goes on and on and on. And my family has been through so much death that it's even beyond my comprehension. And in fact, my niece Marie Earthman and I are actually, we were just talking in Nantucket last week and we were sitting down and we were talking about the family trauma that we have and we just started laughing. Mm -hmm. We literally fell over laughing. Who uh, could have survived? 
who could have survived it? And she said, we have to do a podcast. And so forthcoming is a podcast series with Marie Earthman and James Flower. Good. And she's going to be brilliant because she's brilliant in the social media area. But we talked about the passion we have and the passion that I have for helping other people. And I'm an adult child of an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I'm an adult child of a family of alcoholics and drug addicts. And um, it just goes, it's beyond me other than my Mm -hmm. God as to why I am not an alcoholic, why I'm not dead and why I'm not alive. Mm -hmm. My family was so incredibly dysfunctional. Gosh, Candy, I could go five more hours well, on this, and, so I won't. and I but, witnessed what a yeah. wonderful son you were. Thank you. And no matter what, mm-hmm. and what an absolutely, it just kind of makes me very yeah. amazing uncle you are. Thank you. They certainly come first. When I met you, I knew about them before I knew about you. Yeah. And, but the passion that you have and the realization, especially with pain management, which I think is so overlooked in our business mm-hmm. and that the psychological pain and the rebound pain before that, I'd never heard of any of that. That's not taught. That's learned. That's learned Mm -hmm. from your experience. And it's just that you never, it's like a little energized bunny, you know, just as soon as you change batteries, you think, Oh, okay, there it is. And it's like got new batteries and they're stronger and it's going faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm immensely proud to know you. Thank you. You know, I get really teary when I think about people like us who dedicated their lives to this and not only what's going on, but that honestly to share the caring and the love for those desperations, you know, that we've both been spared. All of us have been spared to be able to be well enough to help somebody. Absolutely. I I don't feel like I work. I know you guys don't feel like you work. I know you don't feel like you work and you work your butt off every day. (laughs) So working with some families, we do feel like we're working. Exactly. But it is a passion. And I wake up every day grateful and full of gratitude and thank God every day for my life and what I have in my life and the people that I have in my life and the family that I have. And it's life is amazing. And I believe that we are limitless in our abilities. I think that we can do, I am a true example of being able to truly, you talked about manifestation a while ago. I'm going to use that word, Mm -hmm. manifest. I have manifested my life. Mm -hmm. I, like you, Candy, come from an old, wealthy South Texas family. You come from one from Kansas. I didn't inherit anything, by the way, from Mm -hmm. anybody. I worked for everything I did. Yep. But I manifested it, mm-hmm. and I did it with the help of myself, my God, education, exactly. and, and hard work, and passion, you. and people who love me. And listening right. to your intuition. And listening to my own intuition. That's where yeah. your higher power speaks to you. Absolutely. Every day. Intuition. All day long. All day and, and all but night. But the amazing thing about you, James, is that you always figure out what's missing. Where We all try to figure out how we can make something better that's mm-hmm. created. Not James. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take this ugly piece of property and I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to make it the most spiritual place. And, you know, and then when they don't allow you to do that, you go, I'm out of here. And then you're on to the next. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. So that's an amazing thing that you, when it works, it works, but you're not going to stand by and let somebody ruin it. Right. And you go right to the next. That's an astounding survival, you know, that you have. I remember you saying to me in Arizona, you know, one thing that's missing is a diagnostic center. And we tried to do it at this treatment center in Arizona and they wouldn't let us. 
because so many times they didn't need to be in treatment. <laughs> and he would go, they don't need to be here. And they'd go, can't you make them? They yeah. don't know. Yeah, and I and, was told, never write that in the chart. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, but to have this diagnostic center and this institute where nothing is overlooked. Yeah. One of a kind. Thank you so much. One of a kind. Thank you for joining us today on Understanding the Human Condition. We hope you'll join us for part two and part three with Candy Finnegan and Jeannie Griffin. As always, if you have questions about J Flowers Health Institute, please look us up at www.jflowershealth.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And I'd like to remind everyone watching or listening to us that there are numerous platforms to find our podcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Please share this episode on social media or with someone that you think it could help. Absolutely. And we remind you also that a clear diagnosis is key to the most effective treatment possible. Yes, it is. See you next Thanks week. Thanks again, Robin. Thank yep. you.